Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation, a black, women-led reproductive justice organization dedicated to collectively restoring our well-being through self-determination, collaboration, and resources to meet the needs of women and families within communities. To connect with Root, go to www.rootrj.org. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Hi, everyone. It is Birth Stories in Color, um, and we have a special show today because <laughs> with us, we have Danielle, her husband, Ray, and baby Ray. Um, and they are going to be sharing their birth story today. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So, everybody knows Danielle, so I'm not even going to ask for introductions except for, well, we can say, welcome back, Danielle. We've missed you. Um, but, Ray, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my biggest attribute is being married to Danielle. So we <laughs> yes. have we have uh now we have three beautiful children. Um I am a financial advisor by trade. We've been married for eight years now, going on nine, and um happy to be in a relationship and live life with her. It's, it's a it's a fun quest every day to say the least. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Congrats on almost nine years. That is not, um, I don't want to say that's not easy, but I want to say that that's awesome, you know, being able to be with someone for that long. Many more years. Yes, baby Ray, tell us what you think. Yes, I'm going to say so. <laughs> All right. So can you, Danielle, tell us a little bit about this pregnancy? Okay, so this pregnancy was a surprise. Um, <laughs> uh, what what did I do when we first found out we were having him? I just remember coming out of the bathroom area and looking at her put on some clothes out of her wardrobe. And she was putting on some jeans. She's like, something is not right. Something is not right. <laughs> so later on that, that evening, I believe... Uh, she came out and surprised me with one of those pregnancy tests like she did with our firstborn. <laughs> Caught me off guard. <laughs> she loves to surprise me when she's surprised. <laughs> it's a mutual feeling. Just, you know, boom, pow, surprise. And we're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't ever pregnancy. count yourself out. Right. Well, with this pregnancy... Um, I know I've shared my birth story before about the other girls or other kids, um, but this was the first time that I've been a birth worker, um, and I've been a doula for some time now, and so I had just a different level of knowledge, um, especially um, more of the smaller details of paying attention to myself, um, even more than I did with like my second and first pregnancies. Um, even down to knowing that I was probably having a boy um, <laughs> just because the way that the estrogen affected my body with the girls and then with this boy pregnancy, it was just completely different. 
Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> 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 <He's the co-signer. laughs> some testosterone does some different things. Um, I had a breakout on my face all the time. Um, and with the girls, the estrogen, my face was clear and that beautiful glow you get. Um, I was more aggressive during this pregnancy. Amen. <laughs> and that was him it was all him right (laughs) right blame that on the pregnancy blame it on the pregnancy it was just the testosterone um but yeah i had a doula um for the first time myself um we did that in preparation that was really helpful because i didn't just have any doula i had a root doula um, one of our doulas from Restoring Our Own Through Transformation, which Laurel and I are part of, the doula collective, um, where we don't just um, focus on a pregnancy just as a basic thing, but that we actually dive into what's going on with the family, what's going on with the birthing mother, um, our birthing person, and those small things that build up to be bigger things. So if I was stressed, that's something that I would talk about with my doula and see how we could de-stress. If that meant that I was, you know, taking some time to myself to relax and identify what the issues are and talking about what real resources we had for our family and what we needed to do. So that was different for me, um, especially being able to be vulnerable um, mm-hmm. enough to share that type of stuff and really delve into it. So, Yeah. Um, and Ray, you were co-signing on a couple of things, but what was different, different for you for this pregnancy? Um, knowing like you had done it twice before, but like um, how did you find yourself shifting this time around? This time around, I really had a, a concern in my mind just about how the pregnancy would go in a positive way. I didn't think that the boys made um, my wife act a little differently, a little bit more different than normal. <laughs> so mm-hmm. me getting used to that over the course of the uh, the period, that was kind of a, not a challenge, but just something different. But I was excited to know that we were having a boy, but I also seen the differences in her and her skill set by being a root doula and also working with the doula just made the process to me a lot more palatable and made me feel a lot more at ease. Even though she has a does a great job at the birth process, it just seems like this this process, the overall process was a lot more smoother. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we we always are you know, say like, yes, um, get a doula, the benefits of doula, like for the birthing person. But I do like, we don't talk enough or have a chance enough to talk to partners about how having a doula helps them or supports them in their, um, their journey of then supporting the birthing person. So it's good to hear that that was helpful for you. Oh, for sure. For certain it was, it was very helpful for me. I mean, just feeling at ease at doctor's appointments and, you know, being a being able to step away and let letting the expert, so to speak, you know, do what they do as far as the doctor and my wife and her doula, and I could feel comfortable knowing that everything was going smooth because just as a father in general, you always have those different types of concerns that that your wife is doing okay and that the baby is growing, and those are always mm-hmm. like lingering in the back of your mind. But this time, really, mostly, virtually all of it was taken away. 
from that process. You talked a little bit about how you prepped for birth and that included oh. having a doula. And within that, you know, being more vulnerable. But can you um, elaborate a little bit more on how that experience and what work you did to prepare for the birth? Right. Um, some of it was simply as being accountable um, to getting out and walking when I needed to. Um, mm-hmm. um, Jessica and I had a set date where she would come throughout the week and just visit. And um, we would walk the neighborhood sometimes. Um being mindful of doing things like yoga when I needed to, um, and not just because I felt stressed, but just because I was up and I needed to move my body. Um, yeah. And making sure that there was discussions about my personal health. Um, I know one thing that happened was because uh, I have PCOS, and uh, sometimes that's an issue with like insulin resistance. So when I did like the diabetes testing, the gestational diabetes testing, um, I had actually tested positive. The first time because I didn't realize how my body was processing sugar. Like even if you know that you have something, you really don't always have a true understanding of what your body is doing sometimes. At least I didn't. Um, And so I think like the night before my test, I went and I had, we went and had Mexican and I had a Jarrito, like a little little super sugary drink. But I didn't realize how my body was actually processing sugar. I'm like, oh, that'd be out of my system, you know, and it, wasn't so um (laughs) but I was thought you know uh, I had a midwife so it was good that she wasn't as like strenuous about it like okay I'm taking into account that you also have this underlying issue with that I'm going to give you some time to um go back over this and see what your body's doing and so with the help of Jessica I did do like the actual blood pricks um finger pricks and check my blood insulin for like a week um and just kind of readjusted my diet and it helped me be more mindful like even though we give ourselves these little treats um, yeah <laughs> you don't always know the full extent of how it affects your body especially when you're pregnant yeah. so I really liked how you said your midwife wasn't was a bit more lenient and was able to use all the information about your health to make a call like okay here's another option we can do That'll still give us the answers we need, but it doesn't stick strictly to what protocol is. Because even though we have all these things, some of them don't always fit in the box for everybody. Right. Uh, and she was. I mean, I don't even think she put it in my record right there. But <laughs> 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 because, you know, they're under the OBs and you want to, you know, they have right, to be able to do right, the things they need to do right, and to stay, right. you know, in their own flow from when people want midwives. But she was helpful. It was helpful. Yeah. That she gave me kind of a second chance. So, yeah. Was there anything that you did this time, Ray, to help you prepare for birth? Nothing in particular that I did any any different. Um, I was, of course, once we found out that we were having a boy, I was literally on cloud nine <laughs> for the whole time. I couldn't keep my hand <laughs> off her stomach. <laughs> but to speak to her and just like the sacrifices that that she made maternally it's just amazing just to see how she can shift she'll shift her diet she'll start doing her exercises more and she's real mm-hmm. cognizant about her body during that process um it's just amazing to me to see the whole internal you know process go by it's just it's amazing yeah. the sacrifices and enduring that is done during, throughout the process yeah Yes, I sacrificed by drinking blackstrap molasses. (laughs) (laughs) 
orange juice. Orange juice. <laughs> Spinach. <The thing> <laughs> All those things are good to that black strap. Right. But a regular <laughs> regimen. That was serious. It was. <laughs> so let's talk about the birth. And of course, you know, tell it your way and you can interject wherever you feel, Ray. I'm going to let y'all just go take there. the floor and like <laughs> go, there, go there. Give it all to us. Okay. <laughs> well, let's start by saying that this little boy had... Um, fun hanging out on my back my back he liked to be turned around the wrong way on my back quite a bit so shifting him those last few weeks and making sure he was in good position was you know interesting I had to pull out my peanut ball myself and work him on out a few times he's more than worth it of course um let's see like that's was that Saturday that I had no, it had to have been Sunday. 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 We had him on a Monday, right? Yeah. So I had that's Sunday was when you had to start getting ready, right? Because I was yeah. Laurel so was side my note backup. To this, y'all, <laughs> I was actually the backup doula for this birth, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so I thought he was going to come that day. He was really busy, and I was like. The contractions were increasing, coming closer together. And then he just stopped. He just chilled out for the rest of the night. And then I had already called my mom. So she came down on Sunday evening. And so we made a plan to get up on Monday and go walking at the mall to see what he would do. So we went to the mall probably around 9, right when it opened for walkers. And... (laughs) You know the mall walkers. They're serious. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we went, um, like, hey, we were probably walking for an hour, an hour and a half. And we went home and I said, okay, I'm going to get on the bed and lay with the peanut ball for a while. Um, hit that later. later yeah, meanwhile, I was at the gym working out. Yeah, he was at Very the close gym. to the mall that she was at, though. <laughs> it was actually attached. Was attached. So I was right there if she needed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, know, in case. just in just case, in case, as support. But I remember talking to him. Uh, I call him my cousin, but he's actually my best friend. I was like, at the gym, I said, "Hey, my wife is right next door at the gym, at the uh, mall walking. I think we're gonna have this baby today." Mm-hmm. He just brought that up to me yesterday too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but I was close. He was close. So we, you know, went home, ate that whole thing. I chilled out, um, did some stretches. Um, what did we do? What time was that? I think around, probably around noon or so. I told Ray like, we're getting, we're getting to something here. I think he's gonna come um, today. And probably by around two, I told you to come home. Yeah, she she gave me that summons. It was time to come home. So, <laughs> so around <laughs> two was when I got. It was probably around when I actually got on the peanut ball with intent. Like I hope. I did like a sideline with the peanut ball on my left side. And within probably 10 minutes of being like that, there was this huge wave. And like I could feel him like literally flipping and rolling like really hard. Like his whole body wasn't slow or anything. It was like just a complete, like if that's the words to go with it, it was just like, (laughs) I was like, oh, you're busy. (laughs) 
You're on your way out of here. And so then I switched to the other side, and I think I was on that side for like five minutes, and I just felt my water break. Splash. And I was like, okay. Um, And I think that was around the time after that, I sent like a screenshot of my contractions and um, to Monique and Laurel, my doula and backup doula, who were both actually backup doulas. Right. The backup to the backup. How how did I have three doulas? (laughs) I don't know, but I did it. (laughs) So so this time Monique was most available and able to get there sooner. And she just told me that she was coming. I didn't even have to say, hey, I think you should come. She just read and was like, I'm on my way. I was like, all right. So um, when she got there, my middle child, Ariel, and I were dancing, um, checking out some of my affirmations. I had a birth banner, um, a black birth banner with different quotations from kind of like famous black women things, um, some things that my girls had also written, Ray had written, um, just to help keep me focused and bring me to whatever I needed to be in that moment. Um, I did some dancing with her. And probably around the time that Ray was there by then, kind of more so managing the house and what we were doing next. Um, And Monique and I and Ariel were hanging out in our bedroom. And right around then, that's when the labor kind of kicked in more around the time that she got there. The contractions, at the point that I texted her, they were about nine minutes apart. And by the time she was there, they were probably more like um, five or six minutes apart. So was Monique there about an hour? Yeah, she's there about an hour pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And just, I just remember them being upstairs in our in our bedroom and going back and forth between the bedroom and the bathroom. So I was just checking every now and then to see how everything was progressing. Then we finally got that final final call that was time to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we had ended up in the bathroom um monique wanted me to kind of get in a dark space and had our candles in there and the contractions were pretty strong at that point definitely probably at their height at that point um i just remember her helping me through them and I remember just breathing them out um I would do like a count up as the contraction would go a count up in my head like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and then as it was coming down I would count down nine eight seven six five four and then she would just make me mindful of what my body was doing. So if I would sense up my shoulders, she literally just tap her hand on my shoulder and I would just relax. And I could literally, like, every time she put her hand on my shoulder, the contraction was like, it was like it was falling out of me. Um, yeah. And that was a unique experience for me because I had had um, epidurals for both of the girls. And even though I got to Ariel's birth um, within, you know, we got there within like a a couple hours of her being born or so um to the hospital I don't remember going through my contractions like that I remember just breathing through them but I thought that was just like a powerful experience that as we say like a doula is there um holding space um and like she literally was just holding the space and reminding me of what I've already knew 
you know, and just mm-hmm. letting my body do what it was supposed to. She she wasn't that clear with me on this epidural <laughs> neglect. <laughs> I wanted all the medicine. He wanted all She the told medicine. me early in the pregnancy that uh, I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm thinking about not doing no epidural. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I don't remember seeing it on the birth plan. So it was there. She tricked me. She tricked me real good too, Laurel. She tricked me, did she, Jane? Listen, I had thought about it because here I was as a doula, and I was like, I get people through birth all the time without an epidural. I'm pretty sure I could do it too. Right? So, so I wanted to try it out. And I did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we get in the bathroom and we're in there, we're in there. You know, these contractions are just coming and you're like, I've got to get to the hospital some kind of way. And it's like they started c- coming on top of each other. So there was no relief yeah. from the contraction to like get up and move. And so <laughs> I was like, I can't have the baby in the bathroom, Monique. We got to go. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go. How are we getting out of here? I don't know how we're getting out of here. I don't know. We just kept going back and forth like, I got to go. How am I getting out of here? I got to go. But I'm right here and it feels right. So finally we did make it up. I don't know what super strength that was. Um, With the help of my husband, made it down the steps. And as we're coming down the steps, what did I tell you, Jackson? Yeah, as my help was being solicited (laughs) down the steps. I didn't know how she was going to get down the steps either. <laughs> but then she tells me, out of all, after all these contractions stop, she's like, we can't do this no more. You got to get fixed. We're done, sir. Done. Yeah, We're it, done. It, was, it was the infamous Jackson. Jackson, you got to get fixed. We ain't doing this no more, Jackson. <laughs> so... Yes. I still got set. Just my, so you know. Nice reminder. I'm gonna set my appointment up uh-huh. after, we, after we leave here. This this appointment is over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. So um, then we get into the car, and the hospital is like 20 minutes away. Um, it was what about five something, five thirty or so. Yeah, and. So that's like rush hour traffic in Columbus, mm-hmm. um, heading to OSU from Westerville. Um, so there was a point on the ride on the highway where I felt very nauseous. And so I had to roll the window down and stick my head out the window. And the air, cold air hit my face and it helped. I'm driving. Nervous wreck, by the way. <laughs> FYI, real quick, nervous. He was full of jitters. Yeah. All the and, jitters. And I just got my car, and she's about to More throw. So and, and she's about to throw up in my car. Throw up in the new car. Coming. I was gonna throw up in the new car. Uh, <laughs> and maybe have a baby. <laughs> All that. All that. So I'm in back seat things. with Monique, my doula, and um, I. I just felt more water coming out. Um, I ended up being first. I was laying, and then he was. He was. He was coming down, so he was there. I couldn't really close my legs anymore at that point. And I sat up on my knees facing the the rear of the car in the back seat. Just, this is how we're getting there. 
that's that's the only way we're getting there. Uh, we get there. Monique gets us a. Hey, buddy. Monique gets me a wheelchair. I ride the wheelchair just like that. Backwards, backwards ride. Backwards ride on the wheelchair. Roller, roller game. Backwards though. Yep. We get upstairs and. You know, the hospitals, they're already trying to get you to register real quick. I'd already pre-registered, but they, you know, even when you pre-register, they still want you filling out stuff. So I was clearly not in that place. So they took me to um, triage, even though I was clearly beyond triage. (laughs) (laughs) So I get there, climb onto the bed so she can check me. Monique peeks out to the nurse and says, there's hair. The baby's hair is showing so That's the nurse registration for she's you. like, oh, she's the baby's crowning. Yeah. So I arrived at the hospital crowning. And so <laughs> they get me onto the bed, roll me to the actual delivery room because they we prefer that. Um, just in case anything goes down, I climb onto the bed from the other bed and proceed to just let him come on out on his own for the most part. I think I pushed maybe once or twice and he um I was hands and knees that was different experience for me um just let him kind of you had a different vantage point from there yeah sure yeah I did (laughs) so uh Monique at the time was right behind her and she's like um he, he was coming out at that time and then Monique switched places with me she's like you need to watch this so I went and started viewing the baby come out, and the um, the midwife was just so so at ease. She was just at peace. She was just talking to Danielle through the process, and the baby was just sliding on out. He was just coming on out, and you know she was adjusting his head and making sure his shoulders got through. And before you know it, it was out. It was like it just happened so quick. Like we was at the hospital for you know, and it didn't even feel like twenty minutes and had my son was here. It was great. And it's funny, like to add from the doula advantage point. So I was the backup and because of things, Monique, like you said, was easier to come, but like getting the text of how fast things were happening for you. Like to think to hear you like tell the story now and like thinking about the text, it was. It was a very fast like, oh, my water's breaking. I'm here. Things have shifted. We're in the car. Baby's here. Like, that's kind of yep. what the text looked like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's, like, how the text followed along with your story. <laughs> it was that fast. They left yes. me back at the registration when we first got to the hospital. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing the registration process. I was next in line. Monique was like, hey, get the bags. It's time to go. <laughs> We got, no we, we ain't no registration today. We got here. They're going to have to come back to that. <laughs> and they did. They did. Bad. And then just the, the space was just calm. It was calm. The nurses were just like in awe, like just kind of staring like, what? Like that just, it was peaceful. Um I don't even know how much noise I even made at that point. Mm, not much. Wasn't much noise. I think we had the music going. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh 
the I mean our families didn't even get a chance to to get there to be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. It was just me and her, Monique, midwife, maybe another nurse. There's a couple of nurses. A couple there. Of nurses. Sorry for nurses. It was smooth, smooth process. Mm-hmm. And I know, like when you ah. when you have ah. more than one child, you do kind ah. of like think about each of their stories in different ways like how do you like what do you see when you think about all three experiences and like your I don't want to say evolution your both of your transformations like through those three like I think I'm thinking about what I see with those three but what do you see with that or like how do you view that or I hope my question makes sense it makes sense (laughs) it does um Putting that into words, I think with Brielle, it was, we were literally rookies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that was our first and it showed kind of thing. Um, Her birth was uneventful in the sense that um, there was no complications or anything like that. It was just, we just literally went with the flow of whatever was going on in the birth. Like, we, the water broke. We went to the hospital, and we just chilled at the hospital all day. Uh, we moved around a little bit. Um, but it just, just we just felt like we didn't really know what else we could have done. You know what I mean? And then with Ariel, we had some experience, and we had kind of stepped into that kind of having more knowledge. So hers was a lot more knowledgeable, um, mm-hmm. how we had to just relax longer, chilled at home much longer, um, just let the process happen. And then with him, it just kind of felt like expert level. Like, <laughs> we got yeah. this. Um, and just a completion. Like, Brielle was such a, a yeah. beginning for us. Like, I know we both said that he completes our family. Um, it just felt real full circle with him. Like, mm-hmm culminating all our birth experience, our experience together as a couple, and just just real full circle with him. Yeah. Yeah, I would concur. Um, the process with Brielle, we were definitely newbies <laughs> in that process, but I still think that Danielle's a strong trooper in that in that regard as well. Being at the hospital, laboring and stuff like that, that wasn't as fun. Um, Ariel's. It's kind of a blur to me, to be honest with you, Ariel. That middle child, that middle child syndrome. <laughs> but that's that's my baby girl, though. I love her to death. <laughs> she will not be treated yeah. as a middle child. Yeah, no, she won't. <laughs> that one was kind of a, a blur to me as I'm sitting here thinking about it. But shoot, I kind of feel like I'm a mini doula now. With, with, <laughs> I need, you should. I need like a certificate. I can talk. I can talk the language a little bit. I'm way more knowledgeable than most of my friends. They can't tell me nothing. <laughs> we got to get you a certificate. I need a little but you know, you, honorary certificate, you know. doula <laughs> certificate. You do bring up a really good point, though, about just how um, important partners can be. And then also how they're able to take that to their circle. Like not many... Um, I feel like not many partners are constantly using the language that we're that we as doulas use all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is good that you have that, and you like you said, you can share that with your friends and um, incorporating them so that for those who maybe haven't had children or thinking about children, like here's some things you should be thinking about um, as a partner. Like here's 
some ways you can support or how it's going to affect you is really important too. Mm-hmm. It kind of can change the way that men men it, in, include themselves into the birth exactly. process as well. Like when other men talk to them about how they can support or how they did support and what they've learned, you know, that does open up just another lane for them in that space because you never want to leave out the partner. And sometimes it can feel like it's just a very feminine space and right. that you're just there, just there. Um, and right. And, and that's everybody's prerogative as well, just as the way people are born, um, raised or how they come up and, and how they feel comfortable in that space. Um, because not all men are comfortable, but it yeah. does share how you can be, what different ways you can be involved. So. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to get you a certificate. We got you. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about postpartum. How, how, how was the beginning of postpartum and how is it going now? Okay. Beginning, Ray is always very in tune with me throughout pregnancy and in that postpartum period. He's the. Hey, Frankie. (laughs) He's he's up um, making breakfast for everybody. It's breakfast in bed for me, um, making sure I have my coffee, my water, my prenatals, whatever it is I need. Um, Yeah. He did something that, you know, some people may not consider or think about during postpartum, but before I had him, he got our four-year-old registered for pre-K. So she goes to part-time preschool, and that's something that he did on his own in the planning for postpartum of just thinking of what does Danielle need during that time. She needs some time where it's just her and the baby, you know. Um, and I'm thankful for that because it's not something I put on my list of things for him to do. It was just something that he did on his own that he knew that I needed. And I'm thankful for that. That was, that was my birth, husband birth plan. I had my own, my, own, <laughs> my own little checklist and all that. But I was. But yeah, like, go ahead. Yeah, postpartum for me. Um, yeah, just kicking in the gear. I mean, when you see the process that uh, your wife endures and the sacrifices that are made and then you have her nurturing your child and, you know, with the breastfeeding to the commitments at in the middle of the night waking up. And, you know, there's only but so much you can do during that time as a man when when the baby's waking up to nurse. So it's easy just to fall in the line with that for me. And that's what I that's what I do and that's what I always continue to do. Yeah. And that's important. That is important. Um thinking about the things that we may not be thinking about, that the birthing person might not be thinking about, or maybe they're thinking about it but like, oh it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um can be or yeah, because we don't always ask for help. Um, so knowing that, like knowing what, what mm-hmm. what's helpful, um, knowing, you know, what can be, what can benefit all of us as we navigate adding a new member to our family. Sure. Um, and, you know, you do bring up that, like, if, if you are a parent that nurses, like supporting that person through that, that may be doing some other things and not necessarily, like, 
oh, I need to be able to feed the baby, but like, here's, I can make breakfast. I can make sure she has her coffee or her prenatals. Like that's all really supportive things. For sure. Um, yeah. So as you, you do have two other children, how are you yeah. navigating postpartum with the two other ones and nice. baby Ray? Nice question. Hey. <laughs> This, this three game is uh it's incredible. Oh it's, yeah, it's a whole different it's a whole different aspect. It, I mean, even when you look at it from, especially from like me, from the from a postpartum perspective, I look at it like I feel uncomfortable, like even being away from home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I'm away from home, I'm like it always crossed my mind like she's at home with with three. Three kids at one time. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, how can she do that? <laughs> I need to get there. And, uh, you know, I was just, just this weekend, like, she took the girls and James to, uh, to Kosa. I'm like, what? By yourself? Okay, what? Yeah, she, straight up trooper. She is. Uh, hey, a, that's a work in progress. Yeah. Like, there was what, it was a few weeks after um, I had given birth where he was he, he needed to get back into his rhythm too. Um, but I just told him, like, I get a little anxious when I'm here by myself with mm-hmm. him. <laughs> and I just had to tell him. Right. And it took a lot for me to tell him, though, but I just finally said it. Like, I feel anxiety when I'm left alone with all of them. Yep. And it took mm-hmm. me, you know, some more, uh, another month or so, or, you know, to really get into that group, to be able to say, yeah, I took them all to Coastside. Like, that that took work. Mm-hmm. I didn't come out popping like that. Like, yeah. so. And that was something for me to get used to, too. Her, She was bringing that up to me. And I'm just like, I didn't know it was, like, anxiety-based. I just thought it was, like, more like a wife nagging type base. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. she kept reminding me, like, I got, we got three kids here. I need you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know how to count. Like, <laughs> I'm already not I in my groove. Three. You know, I'm still, I, I'm fully, I feel like I'm still not fully back into my swing of things, mm-hmm. even, even after three, almost four months now. But it's, uh, it's definitely uh, something that you need to have constant communication with. With your spouse yeah. and what's going on with all in her mind and analyze what's going on in, in both of our lives. But just having three children now, and of course they're spread out pretty good, but it's still, it's work. It's really, it, it really is work. Absolutely. We had recently just been talking about getting one-on-one time with each child, how that just kind of juggle like a juggling like one of them has to be in the air you know what I mean for you to be able to keep the cycle going and so um some days it it looks like us you know one of our kids getting some time just with dad or going off to run little errands little things like that because right or just a special time whatever it looks like that's something that we're in a work so literally talking about like what does that look like because you don't want the middle child that we have does not want to be a middle child. So (laughs) she's already made that clear. But then there's the older child who 
her own feelings will come out in different ways. And so instead of waiting for her to react, we have to right. be proactive in saying she needs her time here too. Um, so that's, and he's going to get his time because he's the little dependent. Right. <laughs> so, so making sure the other two are getting what they need as well is something that we're working on. As, as he's sitting here nursing right now, mm-hmm. he's going to get so his time. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that emotional uh, the emotional adjustment with the with the other siblings too. Mm-hmm. That's something that we we just began to uh, discuss as well. So it's a it's a it's a work in progress. It's the whole family structure is um is something that you got to be very coherent about and pay attention to right. and and just sitting here doing this this podcast, I'm realizing I got to do a lot better. But you, but like you said, it's. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Danielle's face. Um, but like you said, it it's 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 a process, um, and it's continuous. And even a couple years out, like it's still a process. Like every new milestone, every jump that your your children make as they grow, like you have to shift. You do something new and different to help adapt in that growth of creating and, and bringing up your family. Um, but constant communication is really, really important and patience and grace with ourselves uh, through that, through all of that. So you got it, Ray. <laughs> Y'all both got it. I'm trying to get like Danielle uh, taking the. Yeah. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Sorry, Amari was trying to eat something. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi, Amari. Hey, Amari, what's going it's on, buddy? So much you're supposed to be eating, buddy. Okay, you can't eat eyeballs off of dolls. Mm. Y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boy. Well, is there anything else that either of you would like to share? Is there anything else that either of you would like to share with our listeners? Um, One thing I would share with women birthing people out there that are considering their options for birth... um, it's it's cool to get ideas from like Instagram and different. So much information is out there. Um, everything, everybody's birth is not going to look the same. Um, you might not necessarily have this beautiful experience, um, but you can create in your mind what you want it to look like, and what parts of it you want that are important to you. And that's the stuff you hold on to. And then everything else kind of just falls into place. Um, Having the support that you need, um, maybe everybody can't afford to have a or have the oh nice burp son type of support <laughs> <laughs> that they see other people having. But create that within yourself, you know, within your family. Um, just like Ray said, you know, he could be a doula. Like your partner could be your doula. You know what I mean? In in that sense of yeah. providing support and learning more, it doesn't have to necessarily be this thing that 
you had to save up to be able to do or you had to find the right program and you know because there's already somebody that's deeply connected to you right there um right. I, i'm of course it's my profession so i advocate for it but there's there are, are other options there are other ways to get the support you need and to be creative and think about what that really looks like for you i love that yeah from a from a husband's perspective slash you know partner i would just say if you can if you can do do a doula i strongly recommend it and even if you got to start putting the money away aside to prepare for it in advance i think it's well worth it because especially from coming from a father and a husband's perspective it's just it takes a lot of uh it takes a lot of the the stress out of your mind knowing that your significant other is protected through this process and it even helps your mind, my mind, personally be at ease knowing that, hey, we know what's going on. So not only do you have a midwife or a doctor, you also have a liaison in between them that can help help you and support you. So I, I think it's money well spent. And whatever you got to do to do it, I would just say get it done. Yes. Oh, both of you just gave really good advice. Um, well, thank you, thank you, thank you to all three of you being here and sharing your experience. Yes. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited that we were able to have you on today, Ray. Um, I do think it's good. One, that our listeners know we want to incorporate everybody that's a part of your birthing experience, but also to get that perspective, Mm -hmm. um, from a partner because it's just as valuable, um, because, I mean, you you are a part of the story as well. So my thank pleasure. you both. My right. pleasure. And Birth Stories in Color, you know, it is a community of being able to share our voices, um, to be heard. And when we think about black women's voices not being heard in the birthing space, if we're not being heard, you know our men aren't being heard. Um, so that's, Eight claps for that. That's it. Yep, yep. But we here. So, we yeah. here. We present. <laughs> We dads, we do all that right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I don't care what uh, the media says. They have no idea. They have no idea. Um, and yes, this space is here to to show that um, and change that narrative for sure. So um, again, thank you. And all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation, a black women-led reproductive justice organization dedicated to collectively restoring our well-being through self-determination, collaboration, and resources to meet the needs of women and families within communities. To connect with Root, go to www.rootrj.org.